When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian. So uh, before we dive into the specifics of the second round for or, or, or the uh, the twenty twenty one draft uh, from a couple years back, I want to quickly just run through the names that we got uh, on the practice squad: Malik Davis, Sean McEwen, Jalen Moreno, Cropper, uh, Alex Taylor, Prielo, who you know I was I'd been a fan of near the end. Earl Bostic, uh, the tackle out of Kansas, uh, Tyron Johnson, the receiver, Brock Hoffman offensive lineman who kind of does everything. Matt Farniak does not end up back here. They, they go ahead and move on from him completely. Malik Jefferson, CJ Goodwin is back as a defensive back. He's probably a game day elevation. Yes. Still their special teams ace. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine, the safety. Josh Butler, corner, who Butler made some plays in that final preseason game. Man, he made more plays than, uh, than, your, than what you were talking about, you know, with Eric Scott, to be honest with you. You know, he made yeah. more made more plays, and so definitely in games. Yeah, and, yeah, and he did. He looked good, and I'm, you know, good for him to get back on the practice squad, though, for what he was able to do. Rest of the group here: Tyrus Wheat, the defensive end out of Mississippi State; uh, Princeton Fant, the tight end, the rookie tight end, a guy who, uh, you know, we talked about uh, sort of prominently early on in training camp because of how much Dak Prescott was just kind of on his case in a practice one day, and I think that's an example of how much they, they kind of believed in him a little bit and they wanted to pull that out of him. Uh, Darrell Johnson, the defensive end. Uh, and so that's the group there. They do lose out on Isaiah land, like we mentioned, um, but pretty much get everybody back that I think they wanted. The thing I want to look at here with you, Brian, though, is the, the 2021 draft and, and how things have, have changed a little bit, how things have shifted now. Um, with the the moving on from Kelvin Joseph, that was a significant one. But just on this cut down alone, Brian, uh, this is everybody who they moved on from in that 21 draft. Kelvin Joseph, uh, Jabril Cox, Semi Fahoko, Quinton Bohanna, Matt Farniak. That is five guys right there. Ball went to IR. He very easily could have been a cut guy if they if they didn't run into the uh, you know the hip issue. Um, and then you know we mentioned. Chauncey Golston, Nashawn Wright, were these guys that were potentially on the bubble as well. That gives you the only guys in that class right now, Micah Parsons, Osa Odigizua, and then a nominal contributor, and maybe you don't expect a ton from a six-rounder, but a nominal contributor in uh, in Israel Mukwamu. But overall, they had kept that class here on the roster together for two years now. Um, there was a ton of players to carry over, but it just felt like, a little bit of a breaking point for this class where they're like, all right, it's time to step up. And they just didn't see enough of it. How would you classify that 21 class as it stands right now? Because Parsons is such a win and such yeah. a victory. Yeah. Um, how, how do you classify that and, and wrestle with some of the decisions that ultimately how they've played out? Well, I think it's, I think it's very much a situation right now where, you know, Parsons clearly was the win, was the big win for this class. But you look at, though, what they went through with, 
you know, with and Dan Quinn was such a big part of what they were doing with that, you know, that class. You know, he came mm-hmm. in, he put his stamp on a couple of different players. We talked about, you know, what they were able to do with, um, you know, he went to Lexington, Kentucky. They took a gamble, you know, um, on the corner there. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, yeah. Kelvin Joseph. They took a gamble on, and I know it's a six-round pick, but, man, you know, Dan was a big part of going to those workouts, you know, and, and we will see, you know, with the, with the you know, the Nation rights and the, you know, and the, and, and just how these guys, how it will all play out. Uh, Mukwamu, you know, he looked good last year. It looked like he re- reverted back to some bad habits and training camp, some poor play. I do play. think that was injury related a little bit. Okay. Well, but yeah, if it, if it was injury related, you know, then, don't or I'm practice. hoping. I'm hoping a little. Yeah, bit, I'm hoping maybe. too. Yeah. But to me, it, it just seemed like it was. This was a class that he and I, again, I'm. You know, as much as you, I think you have to be fair. As much as we praise Dan Quinn, we also have to say that he put his stamp on a lot of those players. You know, and I'm not trying to be mean or negative or anything like that, but. You know, you look at the group as a whole, and their defense is good, but are those guys that we're all talking about, like I say, two of those guys are gone. You know, one of the guys is on, you know, injured reserve right now, and then, you know, we'll see if McQuamu does anything. But they, it's a, it's, it's, it's a group that uh, is, uh, you know, is, is far from being really where they thought they were going to be a couple of years ago. Well, and they've had so much success uh, drafting uh, and and developing. And I think when you look at that 21 class, even last year, right? Like, like I mean, I, I, you know, I think heading into last year, heading into year two, I think a lot of people felt like, you know, Odigizua and Golston were going to take the jump. I remember training camp, we felt like Nashawn Wright was having some good practices last year. Um, and I know he had a, a, a really rough game at one point during the preseason. I think it was the first one. But he bounced back, played well in the games after that. So I think we all felt like, okay, maybe Nashawn Wright comes on a little bit. Yeah. Jabril Cox, we just didn't know about. Um, mm-hmm. I know there were always ex- expectations for, uh, you know, Simi Fajoko. We had uh, expectations for Bohanna. Um, so it, it really has kind of all just come together really quickly. It feels yeah. like just this month where it feels like, wow, that this, this draft class has not panned out the way you wanted it to. The big miss for me there, obviously, is is Joseph. Yeah. Um, and, and not just because he's the highest pick that they've already moved on from, but it's because it felt like all the issues you ran into with Kelvin Joseph through you know throughout his time here with the Cowboys were all things they were well aware of. And I don't know, Brian, you, you've been in these draft rooms, and so you know how this, this process works. When they, they're grading the players and they got their yeah. tags up there on the board, and this is the way that I tried to describe it on the radio this week, is that, you know, they, they've got the players up there, but, it, like, you know, that guy's name may be in red or whatever else, and just yeah. kind of like, you know. And There's a marking on the tag, maybe a, you know, maybe a sticker or a color or something. Okay, why – why is there a yellow sticker on that guy? Well, maybe it's because of an off-the-field stuff, or maybe it's because of failed tests or whatever. But you, there's always ways to kind of doctor the tag to know why you have the player in a certain round. And is that is does, is it as simple as a discussion in that moment 
where if it's there in the second round and they're looking at the pick and they're looking at Calvin Joseph, is it as simple as, okay, do we want this guy that we, we clearly believe in as this player, but he's flagged, or do we like the lower player who's not a little – like who has the biggest say at that point? Because I would imagine for the personnel department, they just go, we've graded the players. This is what we think of them. We've given you all the information. Now it's up to you guys to decide if you want to deal with it or not. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I did a lot of work on Kelvin Joseph coming out because – he went to my school and then he transferred to Kentucky. And I just I it, it's so strange looking back because the, the the guys said the exact same thing about oh, he's a good kid, but trouble's always, you know, he's not in trouble, but trouble's always within arm's length, you know, and some things played out for him. And but I'll I'll say this. I mean, I it must have been something really, really um, that got them off their game here because I'll say Kelvin Joseph played better this training camp. He really did. I mean, when you watch him, there's okay. There's a lack of awareness on some things and stuff like. But he he made himself a really good special teams player, and then he got an opportunity to play some slot. You see him cover. You see him knock down some balls. You see him. You know, maybe maybe not every single play is against him, but he you saw kind of a productive guy. And maybe it just got to the point where they're like, you know, we just don't want to deal with some of the other stuff. Maybe there's more there. Maybe there's more that we don't. But I didn't think that – I thought he was going to make the team because I just thought that Bones Fossil wouldn't let a special teams guy go like that. And the fact that he had shown some stuff, it was a little bit, it was a little bit surprising. But there, we don't know the complete story. Now, there's stories we know from LSU. There's stories we know from Kentucky. And again, I'll say this, this one's on Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn was the one that went and did that workout. But, but there's people in the scouting department. There's people in the legal department. There's a lot of people that had to vouch for this player for him to get drafted, and it just didn't work out. When, when, they, when they go through that process of figuring out the character flags or identifying it, is, is, does the personnel department weigh in on whether they believe they can handle the character concerns, or is, does that usually come down that's to the, that's the GM? Studio? Yeah, that's the head coach. See, that's the thing I remember about you know with working with John Snyder there in Seattle, and I and John and I came from a program in Green Bay where it's like you know character guys. You had to really you know you had to be that special player to be a character guy on our board and for us to take you. And John told me one time, he's like, listen, Pete Carroll has convinced me that sometimes with some guys with some checkered past, that Pete could take them and he could coach them and they'll be just fine. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But John's like, I, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm high on taking character guys. But Pete's kind of convinced me, like, sometimes the guys with some poor character are really good players and you yeah. can't pass on those guys. And, you know, he's convinced me that taking them is okay. And so that comes down to Mike McCarthy. That comes down to Dan Quinn. That comes down, you know, these coaches, you know, as a scout, you can only present what the player is. And then all of a sudden, legal comes in and says, well, wait a minute, you know, we've got to check on this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, is it worth all this to, to, uh, to, to draft this player? And evidently legal checked out. You know, everything checked out with Dan Quinn. Things checked out with the scouts. The workout checked out. And they picked the kid in the second round, where most teams probably had him off the board. But every team is different that way. 
Some teams, some teams to- will tolerate off the field stuff if the player is a really, really good player. And the questions that I think a lot of people had was, has this guy played enough football to determine that he is a really, really good player? Cowboys have had a history of some really good second round picks, but they've also had some of those head scratchers too. And I was a part of one with Jacob Rogers, you know, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget Jeff Ireland and Tom Saskowski telling Bill Parcells this. They said, You, I go, Bill, this guy is everything you hate in an offensive lineman. And we took him anyway. So that just shows you sometimes the coaches will override what the personnel guys say about the player. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.